boy, things look a lot different up here than they do from down there. <laughs> I need my glasses. Okay, as Sean said, the, the name I gave this study is Guarding Our Hearts and Our, our Minds. So why this study? How many of you have seen people around and even in our fellowship that have been hurt and that has even been taken out by the evil one? Have you? Yeah, I think most of us have seen people that used to come and they don't anymore. They go, they go to this church and that church and things happen, they get hurt, and they're no longer in fellowship. So that's sort of what I wanted to address with this study tonight. Uh, if you have a pen and paper, if you could just write down one word for me. And uh, as you see this word in the future, it will be a, a mind jog to, to what we talked about tonight. That one word is instead. I-N-S-T-E-A-D. Instead. And it will become uh, pretty clear why I had you write this down in a, in a few minutes. So uh, let's just open in, in a word of prayer. Father, I just pray that you'd cause us all to learn something about the good news that you've given us. Help us to, to please you by becoming like Jesus in our walk in this world. In his name we pray. Amen. Okay, if you take your Bibles, I'm gonna, we're going to look up a few verses. Um, let's start with Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our Lord's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning and splendid clothes instead of despair. And they will be called righteous trees, planted by the Lord to glorify him. Um, I'm sure you've all heard that different companies and sometimes people have mission statements that they publish. And this is sort of the mission statement we have here of Jesus. And, and this is who his identity is foretold by the prophet Isaiah. There's two things here in his mission statement I want to go over. The first one is the favor of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is given to us to train and equip us to live from the place of expectancy about the goodness of God, making my own life good news, turning my circumstances around so that they are good news for me and other people. Living my life in a way that I am good newsing it everywhere I go. They talk about me because I'm good, good news to them because I made an impact on their life. They like me. They like uh, being with me because I bring good news to them. 
we know where all that good news is. The good news is that God is good, and I have his favor on my life. And if you want a taste of the flavor on my life, let me pray for you. Because this is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like. And this is what it's like to be around the God of incredible, immense, unprecedented, and uncomparable favor. Good news. The second part of the mission statement is vengeance. Vengeance is about the Holy Spirit teaching us how to extract favor when we're under attack. The key word in Jesus' mission statement is instead. And this means in place of. Um, God gives me an alternative to what the enemy is trying to do. He gives me something different or something else from what the enemy is trying to give me. In place of what's rising up inside of me, God replaces that with something better. That's good news. Favor is the very fact that God has made provision against the enemy for me. What does God have in mind for the parts of me that are not working properly yet? What's he thinking about? What is he planning? Vengeance is about retribution enacted. Part of my favor is that I get payback. Vengeance is about... Part of the favor is I get payback. Unless I go to the place of payback, I can never fully experience the favor that God has got for me. If I stop short of payback, if I stop short of vengeance, I have not got into the fullness of favor. I've only got into a measure of it. Fullness is about me punching the enemy on the nose and drawing blood. God, and this is talking about Satan, the enemy. This isn't talking about people. <laughs> um, God wants to give, uh, give me something of that thing that's not working in me yet. Something about the Christ life is turning the tables on the enemy. Therefore, when he attacks, something else is supposed to happen instead. I need to figure out what the instead is. What needs to happen instead? Uh, if you turn to Luke chapter 6, verse 27 and 28. Luke six twenty-seven and 28. I'm going to add one word in here and you'll see where because it's implied. But I say to you who listen, Instead, love your enemies. Do what is good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Um, so, so when I was looking through the word, looking some of these verses up, there's places all over the place that use the word instead, or it's implied. So it's, it's really neat. When, when you do your own study, look for that. So when the, when the enemy has a purpose, the father has another purpose instead. Moving in the opposite spirit is a huge part of my inheritance and anointing. 
Uh, if you would turn to 1 Peter 4.13. 1 Peter 4.13 Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of the Messiah, so that you may also rejoice with great joy at the revelation of his glory. What does God want me to, uh, to be? What does God want to be to me instead? I can be preoccupied what people are saying, or looking for the blessing which is present. Look for the instead in that situation. Be fascinated by what God is going to do. Focus on what God is giving, not on what I think I'm losing. Never focus on the negative. When I focus on the negative, the enemy wins in the present, and I lose out on the future. When God takes you into a deep place, it's because he wants to take you to a higher place. God wants to take you to a higher place because he wants to be sure you will get revenge on the enemy. He wants to make sure you get revenge in this life. Uh, if you turn to Romans 12, 21. Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. So, Scripture says we will overcome evil with good. And I'm learning to have life experience in line with a revelation that God is opening up for me. The goodness of God will not let me settle for anything less than what he wants me to have. And if you can flip over to Romans 8, 28. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. A lot of you have that memorized. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called, called according to his purpose. I am radically loved by God. All things are given to us to enable us to become Christ-like. So what do I do? Try this. It will help me figure out what the instead is. Make a list of the things in my life that are not working. What does the Father want to give me instead of these? What other things in my life that I don't like about myself? What is the Lord doing instead of these? I must see myself as an overcomer because I need to overcome more quickly. Instead of being overwhelmed by what I am not, I can be overwhelmed by who Jesus is for me. I am not cumbered by the negative. I am overjoyed by the opposite. It's there instead. And I am learning how to do the instead thing. Something else is there instead, and I want to keep my eyes on it instead. And I want the Holy Spirit to teach me that. Think of the opposite and move towards it. Reposition myself for blessing. Uh, if you turn to Isaiah 61, verse 7. Uh, 
Isaiah 61, 7. Because your shame was double, and they cried out, disgrace is their portion, therefore they will possess double in their land, and eternal joy will be theirs. If the enemy has ever taken me out, making me feel worthless or ashamed, instead of my shame, I will have a double portion. Instead of humiliation, I will shout for joy over my portion. Isn't it just like the Lord that when the enemy has the upper hand and is taking me out, the Lord is right there with a double portion instead of shame. The Lord says he has a double portion for me so that I can get right back on track. Grace is the capacity and the freedom to rise right back, and not just from the level that I fell, but to a level above that place. God gives me double blessings for two reasons. One, so that I am restored to my rightful place, and two, so that I recover everything that I have lost. Uh, if you would turn now to Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. 2 Peter 1, 2 and 4. May the grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these, he has given us great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. When the Bible here talks about knowledge, it means this, an, an understanding of God that leads me to an overcoming experience. That leads me into a liberating experience of what God is talking to me about. And it talks about the divine power here in Second Peter is to see what God is granting me. God has given me something instead. What does it look like? Grace, to stand and consider the intention of God. His purpose is always to make me in his image. So the moment of the attack from the enemy, I can focus on what God has given me. Permission to overcome. Permission is granted to experience divine power instead of occult power. What if God is using the enemy to, to create focus in me right now? Instead of me being overcome, I can receive an experience from God that empowers me to receive glory. To have an experience of him that is so glorious that it changes who I am. What if one of his promises, as we just saw in Second Peter, was, I'll use every attack against you to empower you to become a partaker of my divine nature. What if he promises to do the opposite of what the enemy has purposed? What if one of his promises is for me to prosper when under attack? 
What if he promises the favor that produces vengeance? What if every curse that is against me can be turned into a prophecy? Every evil purpose becomes an opposite blessing. Every area of effect I'll turn into a victory. So everything that comes against me, he will turn into the exact opposite. So if I'll partner with him, he will move me from measure to fullness because everything will be useful for my growth and development. What if one of his promises is, I'll do more than you can ask or think? What if favor and vengeance cannot be separated? His precious and magnificent promises will enable me to become like him. At all times and in all circumstances, instead of that occurring, this occurs instead. To give me the opposite of what the enemy is trying to bring. For when the negative is present, I am being trained to look for the opposite instead. So, instead of being anxious, I'll become confident because it's right here instead. Instead of being timid, I'll be brave because it's right there instead. Instead of being nervous, I'll become totally unafraid. Uh, if you turn in your Bibles to Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9. It says, Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And this is what... Uh, Eric Moore was sharing with us a couple of Sundays ago about Joshua and about his uh, travels over in Uganda. That was pretty neat. It fit right in. So instead of fear, I'll have courage because it's right there instead. Instead of being distressed, I'll become lionhearted because that's a great attitude instead. Instead of becoming intimidated, I'll become bold. Instead of being bound up, I'll be free. Instead of unbelief, I'll have faith instead. Instead of being compliant to the enemy, I'll become assertive. Instead of procrastination, I'll have energy instead to do something now. Instead of being negative, I'll be enthusiastic instead. Instead of being cynical, I'll be an optimist instead. Instead of sin, there will be righteousness instead. Instead of being agitated, I'll be peaceful. Instead of hating myself, I'll love myself. Instead of misery and sadness, there will be the joy of the Lord. Instead of being irritated, I'll be patient instead. Instead of harsh or hard, I'll have a gentleness instead. Instead of being bitter, I'll be graceful. Instead of being resentful, I'll be content. Instead of being mean, I'll move with the goodness of God instead. Instead of being unreliable, I'll become faithful. 
so when the voices inside of me say this or that, I'll say, redeemed by the blood instead. Every hindrance becomes an advantage instead. So, here's what I can do to see God work mightily in my life. Make a list of everything that is holding me down, keeping me from my destiny, destiny, areas of personal defect, any defect in character, any negative thing that is around my life or circumstances. Make a list on one piece of paper of these things. And on another piece of paper, write the opposite of each of these things. So that's what God is doing instead. If I want to know what God is doing, it's on the list. List the exact opposite of each of these things, and I will find that I have a list of all of God's purposes for me in Christ. And it's more than that. Attached to each item on the second list is a promise, a prophecy, or a blessing. And the first list I can burn because I don't need it anymore. The second list is assigned to me of all the promises that God has granted me. It's my yes and amen list. I now have a, a record of all of God's intentional dealings with me in the foreseeable future. It becomes the will of God for me in the next season of my life. I will have an experience of him in all these areas. Prophecy is a word uh, uh, description of the intentionality of God in the next season of my life. The whole second list becomes a prophecy. Look at this. The whole list becomes my identity, becomes my inheritance, is my mission, it's my destiny, it's my anointing, it's my blessing, it's my freedom, it's my faith, it's my place of empowering, it's my place of abiding, it's my place of trusting, it's my place of joy, it's my place of confidence, it's my coveting. Now I can start to partner with God in all these places, deliberately entering into the blessing that is present instead. I know that God is training me to think instead. I will find myself talking to people, and they will come to me with this problem and say, what has the Lord provided instead of that? There is always something else present. What is the instead? What is there in place of this? What's the opposite that needs to occur? My perception of God and myself can now go to a place of continuous upgrade. When my knowledge of God, that is my understanding of who he is, that leads me to a liberating experience can now continue unabated. And I'm learning how to partner with the Holy Spirit. And that's not hard, but exciting. It's not fearful, but instead, it's wonderful. I will develop my own testimony. This is what the enemy was doing, but this is what God did instead. This is what occurred on this day, but this is what God did instead. This is how I used to think, 
but this is how I think now because of all the things God has done instead. I used to imagine the worst, but now I imagine the best instead. I used to see what's wrong with people, now I see the best in people instead. Learn to live in the place of the instead with God because there is a provision to my problem and I'm going to focus on that provision instead. If you turn to uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. So let's expand on the definitions here a little bit of the fruit of the Spirit. Some of these could be used on our second list we talked about. Love. Love is exclusive affection. Love is about cherishing. Love is about treasuring. Love is a tangible favor at the goodness of God. Love demonstrates loving kindness. Love is about taking delight in someone or something so that I can cause a person to feel beloved just because I'm a friend in their life. Joy. Joy is about an intensity of gladness. Joy is about delight. Swap my circumstances with the joy of the Lord. Overwhelm my situation with the happiness of God. Joy is about my response of who God is. Joy is about elation. Joy is about having a sense of wonder. Joy is taking absolute pleasure in someone or something. Joy is being jubilant, cheerful, triumphant. Practicing joy is learning the art of celebration which is, God is for me. God is with me. God is on my side. He is in me. He surrounds me. Everything about him is for me, and he will help me. Peace. Peace is a state of quiet, being quiet. Peace is about learning to be calm. Peace is about being restful. Peace is freedom from a disturbance. Peace is ease of mind. Peace is about stillness. Peace is having an inclination towards calm. When walking into a troubled situation, bring the peace of God to me. When I walk into a room, it should make a difference to the atmosphere. Peace is about being undisturbed. Peace is about being untroubled. Peace is about being content. Peace is about being composed. Peace is about being free from strife. Patience. Patience is the quality to be able to persevere under pressure with a good heart and mind. Patience is about endurance without complaint. Patience is about having a calm expectation. Patience is about being even-tempered. 
Patience is, is a quiet perseverance in the nature of God. Kindness. Kindness is about being considerate. Kindness is being thoughtful to someone. Kindness is being compassionate and generous. Kindness is being loving. Goodness. Goodness is about looking after someone's welfare. Goodness is acting with honor. Goodness is being favorable towards someone. Goodness is blessing someone. Goodness is lifting someone up. Goodness is giving someone a divine advantage. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is about being consistent. Faithfulness is about being consistent. Faithful is about being constant. Faithfulness is about being unceasing. Faithfulness is about being firm in my promise. Faithfulness is being loyal, reliable, unwavering, keeping my word, being trustworthy. Gentleness. Gentleness is about having a powerful humility. Gentleness is about being meek. But meek is not weakness, but strength under control. Gentleness is being merciful. Gentleness is being sweet-spirited. Gentleness is being tender-hearted. Gentleness is about overcoming. Self-control. Self-control is about being restrained. Self-control is having a good frame of heart and mind. Self-control is exercising discretion. Self-control is believing the best about someone. Self-control is being composed, disciplined, even-tempered. Self-control is having a moderating influence on people's situations. These are all the attributes that God practices on us. If he didn't, we'd all be dead. The fruit of the Spirit put into practice enables me to become Christ-like. And, and that's the end of uh, the study I have for you all. I um, hope that everybody got something out of this. And if, if any of you find any of the instead that works for you, would you let me know?